When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now, for your host, Dan Mater. And welcome back, MD Nation, to the show! As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and this is it. This is all she wrote. This is the last episode of the 2019 season. And we could not be more happy than how this season turned out. Between you guys at MD Nation, the great listeners that you are, and how the way you guys helped this show grow exponentially this season was tremendous. And we cannot thank you enough. And we have bigger plans, more plans to do everything we possibly can to be the best fantasy football show out there, not just from entertainment value, but from an informative value, the way that it counts. What matters to help you win your championships? And a lot of you are done already. And a lot of you were gracious enough to let myself, the MD's Fantasy Football Show, know that you were able to win your championships by listening to our advice throughout the year. And nothing, nothing makes me more happier than to know that I was able to help you, some of you at least, win your championships. Because that's why we do this. We do this for you guys. We do this for you to win, for you to succeed, and for you to be entertained. And I am so happy that so many of you were able to actually achieve your goals this season and enjoyed listening to us along the way. And today we got a full-fledged episode. It is the Week 17 preview, the full one. We're going over all of the matchups in today's episode. And at the end of the show, we're going to go over one last time exactly what the offseason schedule will be for this show, exactly 
you know, what you have to look forward to, what are some of the new things we're going to be doing. And because we have to jam all that into one episode, this episode obviously will be going up a little bit longer than most do, but because we'll be jam-packing that all into one show, there will not be a mailbag segment at the end like there typically is for a preview episode. Now, some of you I know are asking, hey, why were you not out Thursday and Friday? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. One being, everyone knows, holiday season Nothing ever goes the way it's planned to. You had, you know, family and friends and a lot of things going on all at once. So just a little bit busy. On top of the fact that we anticipated having information come Thursday and Friday on more teams than what we got as far as who is going to be playing their starters for how long, who is going to be benched, all of that in and outs, which is what you really need to be able to know in order to have a good idea of what to expect in a Week 17 matchup because that is the wild card. That is the jack-of-all-trades. That is what can throw you off if you're in your championship weeks at any given time. And we did not get as much information as we thought we were going to until very end of the week. And that's why we kind of held off until tonight to do this show. Now, if you're listening on the audio version, we are live on Sportscaster, even though we are at the mobile studios because it's the last show of the year. We had to make sure we got on Sportscaster. And in case you haven't been able to see, if you haven't joined us before, uh, we got some new equipment. That was the other reason why I wanted to wait till today. If you can't tell, we have a new camera set up. I think it looks a million times better than what we've been dealing with so far. We got a new soundboard. We got a new microphone. I got new headphones. All new equipment. Of course, we get all this new equipment, you know, at the last show of the year. But it was Christmas. It was gifted to me, I thank all my family for helping me out with that one. And this is a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a preview, if you will, for the quality of the show stepping up to another level going into next season. Some more things that we have to look forward to. And this isn't this is just the tip of the iceberg. We have a lot more coming to you guys, even after all this is said and done. But we have a lot we have to get into, and so many things we're gonna talk about. Of course, we're gonna have some fun because it's the last show of the year. So let's go ahead. We got to jump right into it. Our first matchup. Now, all these games are on Sunday. All of them. So it's going to be nice. So if you're in week 17, you're waiting for your championship to get done. You're going to know exactly, exactly what you're getting yourself into in the week 17. Exactly what you're getting yourself to by the end of the night, if you're going to win or not. That's that's the nice thing about it. And if you're playing DFS, other than, you know, especially most of the tournaments, the key tournaments are the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. So other than the San Francisco and Seattle Seahawks players, you have your pick of the litter of exactly what you want to go with. So there's a lot of things on the line here, a lot of fantasy implications, even though it is the last week of the season. So hopefully as we go through these matchups, we will be able to set you on the right path in what is one of the most trickiest weeks to be able to rank and and project value-wise. And we did our best. And the, our updated rankings are on the website, www.mdffshow.com. We have everything updated, including the news that came out today from, from some players that we're going to be talking about later in the show that are not going to be playing tomorrow that came out, that didn't come out until this afternoon. And we broke that news on Twitter at MDSFFshow like we always do. And that account will be active all season long. That's not going to stop. There is no off-season in the social media. There's no off-season in the player news update notifications or just NFL news in general, which we'll be doing a little bit more of as we get into the off-season. Not just with the at the MDS FFF show, my fantasy account, but also with the Belly Up account, which I'm, you know, very much a part of, head of the Belly of Fantasy Department there, 
part of the breaking news team there. Always doing great things. So there's both places you can go to at Belly Up Football, at Belly Up Fantasy, always on top of it for your football needs. And that way you will always know, even if you're in a dynasty league, exactly what is going on and still be ahead of the competition when it comes to getting that breaking news, getting that edge on your friends, because that's what it's all about. So we will not stop in that regard. Only the shows will take a little bit of a break. But without further ado, let's dive into the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. Now, with the Jets and the Bills... Everyone's a go for the Jets. That's the good news. Le'Veon Bell is a full go. We have, you know, Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder. And I mentioned these guys because, yes, on paper, this is a bad match against the Buffalo Bills team. But this is also a Buffalo Bills team that doesn't have the interest, doesn't have the possibility of playing all the starters for all four quarters. You have Josh Allen, who, as of right now, we expect to start. But... We don't expect to play all four quarters. The same thing goes for Devin Singletary. We expect Frank Gore to get worked in quite heavily in this matchup. And we expect guys like on their defensive side, like Javius White, to not play at all. That's why all of a sudden, James Crowder, Robbie Anderson, these are guys that suddenly may have some value because they do have some things on the line, especially in Robbie Anderson's case, who's trying to get paid. He's trying to make a case to get paid. There's some motivation in a game, which that means nothing for the New York Jets. That's the great thing there. That's something you can count on when you're looking at fantasy football purposes. Now, I'm not going out there and saying that Robbie Anderson and James Crowder are wide receiver twos because they're not. They're wide receiver threes with some upside. They still have some, you know, bust floors because of Sam Darnold and the Jets just in general. But they are a full go, and they are guys that I'm willing to take a shot on in DFS and have some sleeper value with these guys because this is a Bills team that's they're not going to look to win. They have nothing to gain by winning this game. They're only going to be looking to rest their starters and maybe have a few of them still out there for all four quarters, but not a lot of the key guys. So I wouldn't play in your Buffalo Bills, guys, because while John Brown and Cole Beasley are both actually expected to play as well, it's no telling if they're going to play all four quarters. In fact, there's a pretty good chance that they don't. So I'm not playing any Bills player in this game. Jets players are all on the table. Le'Veon Bell is expected to get a full workload, so he's the guy I feel the safest about. He's the guy who might be a low in RB2, especially when talking about PPR leagues. Outside of that, it's a boomer bust factor that you kind of have to take into consideration, but guys that you can play. Moving on to our next matchup, because that's going to be one of the more boring games of the afternoon, let's be real. And the next game we're talking about isn't that much more exciting, but there has, there's a chance that there's more fireworks. There's a chance that it's a higher scoring type of game. And that is the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, in this game here, Tyler Boyd is going to be a game time decision tomorrow. We're still not 100% sure about him and what his availability is going to be. We do know John Ross is going to play. John Ross is nothing more than a low-end wide receiver three with some upside potential if you're talking about redraft leagues for Week 17. 
But in DFS tournament leagues, I like him a lot. You're talking about a guy who's about $4,500 on DraftKings. You're talking about a guy who has a very good chance to look at somewhere between six and nine targets with big play upside potential. Those are the types of guys that you look for in those situations. So we like John Ross quite a bit in that kind of a game. And even if you are in redraft leagues, he is somebody who has upside if you feel like you need to take the chance to do so. Outside of that, Joe Mixon's a must play. Andy Dalton is a low-end streamer type of guy. Yes, he had that big game against the Miami Dolphins last week. Yes, he could do the same thing for you in a DFS tournament. I have to think you're going to have better options this week, though, even with quarterbacks not playing, even with some guys you're not sure you're going to play all four quarters. And while Dalton is one of those guys who will definitely play all four quarters, who will be out there the entire time, he still has a low floor to him, especially if he's not going to have Tyler Boyd available. So just things to kind of keep in mind in that sense, but he is on that streaming territory area, but I wouldn't have him as one of my high-end streamers of the week because there actually are some guys that you should be able to pick up and play this week that I feel a lot better about in their chances. One of them being Baker Mayfield on the other side. Yeah, Yes, I know Baker Mayfield has been a huge disappointment pretty much all season long. I get it. Cleveland has been a huge appointment all season long, and I have to think, I have to hope, I have to pray, Freddie Kitchens will be fired after this game. We haven't gotten any confirmation on that, but there have been some reports coming out of Cleveland about the fact that they are looking to maybe clean house a little bit, especially when it comes to the coaching staff. you got to think Freddie Kitchens is on his way out the door. Baker Mayfield, it had, they have a great matchup here in Cincinnati. William Jackson, their top corners, not expected to play in this game. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. are expected to go. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt will all be there. So just from a sheer talent standpoint in this type of matchup, even though their first game was a little bit of an ugly defensive game, I do think there's going to be more fireworks in this game, more opportunities, and just the, the opportunity, the upside will be there. The upside will be there. So Jarvis Landry, you go ahead and you play him. Odell Beckham is a wide receiver three that you can possibly play. Baker Mayfield is a guy who is going to be in that borderline 10 to 12 area when it comes to quarterbacks for this week that we have him ranked at. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, all guys that you have to play in this matchup without a doubt and good DFS tournament options at that. But moving along here, because not much else to go over in that game is pretty straightforward. We got the Washington Redskins. We got the Dallas Cowboys. Now, first up on the Redskins side of the ball, you got Dwayne Haskins out. Case Keenum's going to be the starter because of the ankle injury. You got Terry McLaurin, who's also going to be out for this game. That means Steven Sims suddenly becomes somebody who is very, very interesting. Now, I like him a lot more in DFS tournament type of leagues in the sense of this is another guy who has shown the ability to score, plays a slot receiver, which is the Achilles heel of that Dallas secondary as of late. Has Case Keenum throwing him the football, which he did have a lot of success with last week, even though it was a better matchup, but also finds himself in a situation where because of the lack of options around him with no Terry McLaurin, there's a very real chance here you're looking at double-digit targets for Steven Sims. Now, he's not a big-play guy. He's not an overly talented guy. And this is a game that Dallas is going to have to dominate. But the Redskins are going to have to throw. You have to figure they're going to be coming back from behind. So that's what we're keying on. That's what we're counting on in this matchup. Steven Sims is one of those guys who's cheaper on DFS leagues. He just has a high floor due to the expected volume. And even in redraft leagues, he is a wide receiver three in my book, especially when you're talking about PPR leagues. He's a high end on that. He's a guy who could definitely start in my lineups because he's going to have the volume and 
frankly, over the past couple of weeks, has shown the ability to score. Now, without Terry McLaurin out there, that'll be the real question. What do you do as the number one wide receiver? Because that's essentially what he will be in that situation. But because I expect him to continue playing him in the slot, I'm not overly concerned about his lack of production that he's going to have in this game. In fact, I feel pretty confident about what his floor is going to be. Adrian Peterson is somebody who, if you're just looking for a high floor type of play, he has been able to do it time and time again. No matter what the game script is for the Washington Redskins, they seem to get him the ball 18 to 20 times come hell or high water. When he's gotten that mark, he's been able to produce and hasn't mattered who he's been playing against. He's had good games against teams like the Eagles. He had a decent game against the Saints. He's had good games against defenses that he had no business having good games against. I don't see why that wouldn't continue here against Dallas, who's been hit or miss. And for those of you out there saying, well, look, this is Dallas' Super Bowl. They have to win in order to even make the playoffs. They've had a, quite a few must-wins the MD's over the fantasy past football few show weeks, is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Time time Unwrapped again, Sports Network has a top-notch to sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at unwrapsports.com. Again, that's unwrapsports.com. Welcome back, everybody. I kind of like AP for that cut off a little bit there. For those of you guys listening to the audio and a little bit confused, basically we just had a little bit of technical difficulties. The video stream got cut. For a split second there. So we're we're back here. This will be the video too. So I'll have to put a, a second video link. We had to do this before when this happens. Why I typically don't like doing this in the mobile studios. Because we don't always have the best connection to you guys. But this is the last episode of the year. We want to make sure this is on tape for you guys. So you guys can enjoy it as much as possible in every way that you possibly can. So no big deal. We're going to roll right along. We're just in the middle of talking about the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins. We finished up with the Washington Redskins. So now we can just go ahead. We're going to dive right into the Dallas Cowboys. So we're not missing a beat here and get back on track with the Dallas Cowboys. It actually is pretty straightforward with this team, right? Because with these guys, you you have Dak who's ready to go. Yes, he looked like he was banged up last week, but it does seem as though he's going to be good to go. He's going to play. He's not going in with an injury designation, and this is a great matchup against the Washington Redskins. And he's going to have all of his weapons. Yes, you have an Amari Cooper who's not 100%, but he still have to play Amari Cooper against the Washington Redskins, especially with no Josh Norman. You have Michael Gallup, who might be the safest wide receiver, the safest pass catcher of all the Dallas Cowboys because he's not banged up like Amari Cooper is. And he does have that starter role where he'll be out on the field just as much. So Michael Gallup to me is somebody who's a must play this week. Even Randall Cobb, I mean, he's definitely not a must play for me in redraft leagues because if you have Mario Cooper playing well, if you have Michael Gallup playing well, it's easy for him to get left out in that scenario. But given the matchup, given Cooper not being 100%, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Randall Cobb as a DFS tournament type of play. I'd be perfectly fine with that scenario. I'd be perfectly fine. So uh, I think that's somebody you can kind of look at, take a, chance, take a chance on, might have some more volume than you might expect, and has some big play upside given the matchup that he has. 
Now, outside of that, Ezekiel Elliott's really the number one cowboy that you want to play here for obvious reasons. You just watched Saquon Barkley go bananas on the Washington Redskins a week ago. Ezekiel Elliott, you know he's going to get a full workload in this game because it is a must-win for this Dallas Cowboy teams. And if Dak is going to be hindered at all by that shoulder, if Amari Cooper is going to be hindered at all by his injuries, it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott they're going to have to lean on to consistently keep that offense moving and to make sure that they dominate this game and win this game the way that they must in order to give themselves a chance to make the playoffs depending upon what happens in the Eagle and Giant football game. So we are expecting a big game out of Ezekiel Elliott. We love him. Of course, you're going to play him in your redraft leagues, and he's one of the few stars that you get to have that you know are going to play four quarters, so that's the benefit there. But even when you're talking about DraftKings, $8,000, that is a steal for a guy who could very easily wind up as the RB1, if not the RB2 for the week. So definitely love him in that scenario there too. But for the Dallas Cowboys, it's pretty straightforward. Start your studs. They're all going to play. They're all going to play four quarters in a plus matchup. So moving along, we got the Green Bay Packers. We got the Detroit Lions for you in the next game. And the news here is that Jamal Williams is not going to play. He's out with the shoulder injury. That means all Aaron Jones. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Packers actually do have a little something, not a lot, but a little something to play for because there's an outside possibility that they could still wind up with a first round bye if Seattle were to beat San Francisco. Then you get into the tiebreakers with them and the Saints and the Seahawks. So all of a sudden they find themselves in a situation where there's a bit of a possibility that they could wind up with a first round bye, which is enough against the Detroit Lions, I believe, for them to play their starters, play them for four quarters, and have them throughout this game. So Aaron Jones, love him, especially, you know, Jamal Williams. You know he's going to get all of the work. I mean, he's one of the safest guys out there for fantasy football this week, along with Devontae Adams. I'm not touching Aaron Rodgers. I'm not. Look, he has a habit of lighting up the Detroit Lions. Would I be surprised if he finishes as a top 10 quarterback? No, absolutely not. Do you want to take a shot on one DFS? Be my guest. But with the way he has played with this offense, the way that they have played all season long with the roles that they've had for these guys, I just don't see... Unless you just don't have a better option because you had Lamar Jackson or something of that no, who's suddenly not going to play all four quarters in this game. I just don't see how you're comfortable playing Aaron Rodgers. Only had a couple good games from a fantasy perspective this season to play him in your championship weeks if you're talking about redraft week 17 championships. I don't see how you're going to do it. And Ian DFS, he's not a guy who's offered you a huge amount of upside. So Aaron Rodgers, to me, even in a plus match against Detroit, even in a week where not every quarter, not every 
top quarterback is actually going to be playing all four quarters or at all. I still don't know if I trust this guy. I still think there's better options out there for you to be able to go to. Now, on the Detroit Lions side of the ball, Carryon Johnson's a guy who's a little bit interesting to me. If you're talking redraft leagues, I do think he's a flex play. I think he'll get more touches than he did a week ago, and he'll have there'll be more of a split between as far as you know the work share goes. There'll be more of a, a discrepancy. Also, I should say I'll say it that way uh, from Carryon Johnson to Bo Scarborough than there was a week ago, where it was the ten carries, the eight carries. I expected to be a little bit of a larger split share between the two. It's a good matchup against the Green Bay Packers. You know, Detroit Lions have to lean on that running game right now in order to get some offense going because things are not working out smoothly with David Blau. He's just very hit or miss. He's not really a very good quarterback. And while they're able to get Kenny Galladay going, you got to play Kenny Galladay. He's going to play all four quarters and competitively and been able to take advantage of that Green Bay secondary. He was able to have a decent game last week and finally got the targets. That was the big thing. The, the one thing that's killing you about Kenny Galladay since David Blau had taken over is that while he had a game or two where he scored a touchdown, he hadn't been seeing more than five targets at any one of those matchups. Last week, finally double-digit targets with David Blau. So that is, a good, that is a good indication that you can possibly see that again this week against Green Bay. While Detroit might not have much of a chance in this game, they're still going to have a chance to give you fantasy production because they're going to play all four quarters because this is a Green Bay defense right now that can be taken advantage of if you can do just a couple of big plays here and there. And we expect that to be the case. We expect that to be the case in this one. So I would fire up Kenny Galladay. I'd fire up carry uh, on Johnson as a, as a flex play. And even Danny Amadola, if you're in full point PPR leagues because of the volume that he might be seeing in this one, I wouldn't be afraid to give him a look, especially in DFS tournament plays as a, as a cheap high floor type of guy that you could go to who may have some more upside than people would normally look to in this situation. But rolling along, we got the Chargers and the Chiefs up to talk about next. And with this game, look, we can start off with the Chargers side of the ball. Anthony Lynn is still trying to make a case for him to keep his job. He is definitely one of the coaches that are going to be on the hot seat come Monday morning. If he can beat the Chiefs, it would at least give him an argument as to why he needs to keep his job. Maybe just, you know, argue that you need to move on from Phil Rivers and a new look for the team. But he has to win this game to have any chance of keeping his job. So that means everyone's going to play all four quarters. They're going to play hard. It's the Chiefs, a divisional matchup. So you have that going for you as well. I'm not going to play Phillip Rivers because... The Chiefs on the other side of the ball do have something to play for in their own right. They do have, it's an outside chance, but it's still a chance nonetheless that they could wind up with a first round bye if Miami were to somehow beat the New England Patriots tomorrow. So given that note, they're going to play all their guys on defense. I don't like it for Phillip Rivers' sake because that secondary, that Chiefs defense has been on fire as of late. I expected that to continue against the Los Angeles Chargers. I expect them to throw quite a few picks. I expect them to be under pressure quite a bit. So I don't really love Phillip Rivers. But Keenan Allen, obviously, you play him. He's going to be one of the higher-end wide receiver ones because he's actually going to be involved for all four quarters. Mike Williams, we're talking more of a wide receiver four. 
boomer bust type of play here. Remember, this is still a Kansas City Chiefs secondary that you can't really take advantage of on the perimeter with any kind of real consistency. That means I really hate Mike Williams in this scenario. Now, the one thing with Keenan Allen, we all know, is that he'll line up in the slot. He'll line up all over the field. He's going to get targeted a ton. So that's why I'm not worried about Keenan Allen. But when it comes to Mike Williams, I would try to stay away from him this week if you can possibly do so. Or if you're talking about DFS, I would definitely stay away from him in that scenario. I think the second best pass catcher, well, I should say the third best pass catcher, on this team will be Hunter Henry. He will be able to take advantage of that seam down the middle of that defense. Him along, Keenan Allen working in the slot. I think those are going to be the two guys that get the most targets in this game, followed closely by Austin Eckler, who I also think is a must play, especially talking about half point, full point PPR leagues, DFS play. He is definitely going to get targeted quite a bit in his own right in this one as well, because I expect the Chiefs to be able to move the ball and put up some points in this game. Outside of that, Melvin Gordon, yes, I still think you have to play Melvin Gordon. This is a great matchup. He's going to play the whole entire game. Anthony Lynn has pretty much hitched his wagon to Melvin Gordon if he is able to come back next season. I expect Melvin Gordon to be worked it enough, have opportunity to score touchdowns, especially if they get in close like he did a week ago. Melvin Gordon is somebody you have to play next week. On the flip side, on the Kansas City Chiefs side, fire up everyone. The only one I think is that is in question is Damien Williams. What do you do with him? And to me, I think you just play him as a flex guy. He's the one guy, because because the Chiefs have only an outside shot to get that first rounder, and because Damien Williams has been so banged up this season, and because it's clear that they don't really trust any of their other running backs on the roster at this moment outside of Damien Williams heading into the playoffs, he's the one guy who I could see them maybe only playing for a half and then deciding just to bench him or have him on a heavy committee throughout the game. As a result, we cannot look at Damian Williams as an RB2 this week. He has to be looked at as a flex because he is still in a situation where they still have some stuff on the line. They are going to play their starters. He may be involved enough in the passing game. We're talking about half point and full point PPR leagues. They'll be able to give you a decent floor in that matchup. So, Given that in mind, I do believe he's a flex guy, but he's not an RB2 because there's too many scenarios in which he doesn't get that many touches or play the entire game because of what's on the line for the Kansas City Chiefs and how much how much problems they've had getting through and getting a running back that they can actually trust in that offense right now as a result, too. Rolling along, we got the Chicago Bears. We got the Minnesota Vikings. Now, this game is one of those woo, all over the place type of games, right? Because you got Cousins who's not going to play. You got Adam Thielen who's not expected to play. You have Dalvin Cook who's definitely not going to play. Alexander Madison is questionable. Game time decisions. So there is a chance that he does play. If he plays at all, Alexander Madison and Mike Boone, neither one of them have fantasy value tomorrow. Whether you're talking DFS, whether you're talking redraft leagues for Week 17 championships, I don't care what the scenario is. Neither one of them have value tomorrow if Alexander Madison plays. If he does not play, Mike Boone has flex appeal in redraft leagues, not in DFS. He doesn't have a high ceiling going against Chicago in a game in which the Minnesota Vikings are going to be playing a minimal amount of starters as they can throughout that entire game. And even the ones they do play, there's a good chance they get pulled after the first half because they have nothing to play for. doesn't matter whether they win or lose. Their, their playoff seed is their playoff seed at this point. So with that in mind, guys like Stephon Diggs, who is rumored to actually start still, 
I wouldn't expect him to play all four quarters either. But as of right now, our expectation is he will actually start that game. He is somebody who is a do not touch, do not play for me in any kind of fantasy lineup situation, whether it be DFS, whether it be redraft, doesn't matter. I'm not playing Stephon Diggs in tomorrow's game. Not with Sean Mannion as the lead quarterback. Not with the Vikings. Pretty much, for all intents and purposes, are going to pretty much throw that game tomorrow. Chicago's going to win that game just because they're simply playing their starters. Plain and simple. Which brings me to Chicago. Mr. Trubisky, not a guy who I'm looking to stream and redraft. Although, if you want to be ballsy, the upside is going to kind of be there in this situation. But because he's Mr. Trubisky, there's no way I would trust him in redraft. There's other options that you can go to that are definitely better, definitely have a higher floor. But in DFS leagues... I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a crazy risk. You're looking, especially if you're talking about tournament plays. You're looking for contrarian plays. Trubisky could be that guy. Look, this is a Minnesota defense that has been taken advantage of in the secondary, but is also not going to be playing all of their starters on the defensive side of the ball either. What could get easier than an offense that's going to be playing all their guys? They're going to be playing Allen Robinson. They're going to be playing uh, Anthony Miller. They're going to be playing David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Trubisky might have a hell of a game in front of him tomorrow. And nobody's really talking about it. So I want to mention for DFS, I wouldn't recommend him for redraft league. So there's still that low floor because he's Trubisky. He's, he just finds a way to screw it up anyway. But in situations this year where they've been able to play against a defense that is inferior to their offensive talent, he has put up good numbers. So that's why I think there's a chance that he's able to do the same thing this week again. So that's why I have him out there. David Montgomery... Flex play, nothing more. And we're talking a flex play in a standard league. If you're talking half point, full point PPR league, then forget about it. He doesn't have the upside that you're looking for. He's not involved enough in the passing game. That would go to Tariq Cohen, who I think is nothing more than a sleeper play in those scenarios either. But Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, those are two guys I think you have to fire up, whether you're in redraft, DFS, doesn't matter. They have a great opportunity before them, a great matchup, and a great situation for them to actually produce before the season is over. So you definitely have to fire them up on that side of the ball. Now, for the wondrous matchup of the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots in tomorrow's game. And I say the wondrous matchup because a lot of people are looking at this Dolphins team right now, looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick, and are thinking to themselves, is there any way they lose this? Especially if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, right? But is any way that you could possibly lose to the Dolphins in the last game of the season, a team in which historically the Patriots have struggled to play against? I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. And from a fantasy perspective, I don't think you can play Ryan Fitzpatrick against his defense. The only Dolphin that I will still play is Devontae Parker. Yes, he'll see Stephon Gilmore. Yes, Gilmore has only let up one touchdown one time, and that was a John Brown all season long to a wide receiver. This is true. Parker is just getting too many looks in a game in which you know the Dolphins are going to probably throw it at least 35 to 40 times this game no matter what the game script winds up being. Parker's going to see at least 10 to 15 of those throws. You have to play him just due to the volume. Even though you don't love the matchup here, even though the Patriots do have something to play for, they have to win to make sure they get that first round by and at least one home playoff game, which is big for them right now, especially with the way they've been playing as of late. I would still play Devontae Parker, but that's it. That That's all I'm playing. Now, on the Patriots side of the ball, Things are pretty murky on the Patriots side of the ball right now. I mean, yes, you play Julian Edelman because he's active and he's going to play. Mohamed Sanu, if you're desperate because you're just rendered by teams not playing their starters in Week 17, I could see him being a 
middling wide receiver four in a full point PPR league only. Outside of that, I'm not playing him. He hasn't done enough for me to want him on my fantasy lineup. But outside of that, it gets really murky who you're going to see play because a lot of people want to talk about Sonny Michelle. A lot of people want to talk about James White. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. One, we all know the Patriots are a headache when it comes to the running backs and committees anyway. That's besides the point. Yes, this is a plus matchup against the Miami Dolphins, but it's a plus matchup to the extent that the Patriots may look at this game and decide, you know what, we could play a good amount of Rex Burkhead and still win this game. And that's what I would be worried about if I'm contemplating playing a Sony Michelle, if I'm contemplating playing a James White. Because because his offense has not been able to generate an identity because they have not been able to get the running game and get the running backs in general really going, especially over the last month of the season. You can't risk getting Michelle or James White hurt before you go into your playoffs because you need them to give yourself any kind of chance to have any kind of balance on offense as you head into the playoffs. But you can afford Rex Burkhead to get hurt, and you can still beat the Dolphins if you play him. I would not touch Sonny Michelle. I would not touch James White because of that reason. Now, we, we haven't heard Damian Harris is going to be active, but I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to make Damian Harris active this game. It just screams as a game with the Patriots are going to be like, look, we're going to make sure we win because we have to win, but we're also going to make sure we do as little as possible as far as playing certain guys in certain positions if we can get away with it with the win. And I just see that as a situation where you're not going to want Michelle or James White hurt. So after the first half especially if they're up by a couple of scores, I really question how much they're going to play. So I would stay away from them altogether if you can help it. Tom Brady is nothing more than a high floor play. I think he does have a high floor because of the Dolphins, because he does have Edelman out there, he'll have Sanu out there, he'll have those guys, Nikhil Harry's playing more and more. Brady has a high floor just due to volume, just due to matchup. He doesn't have a great ceiling, but he's somebody who's going to be in that streaming territory as a result because we can't expect him to play all four quarters in tomorrow's game. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. There's a lot of fantasy implications here. Look, you had two teams that have a lot to play for, right? Because even the Giants who aren't going to make the playoffs – you know, going against their division rival in the Eagles, the best thing that they could do this season, their, their Super Bowl for this season, is this situation where they could actually possibly take the Eagles out of the playoffs with them if they can beat them. And right now, this is the Giants team, at least offensively, is starting to click. We saw it last week against the Redskins. Now, granted, that was the Redskins, but they're starting to click a bit on offense, especially with Saquon over the past couple of weeks, finally looking like Saquon again. And obviously, you play him no matter what. He's also a fine play for DFS. He's going to get all the volume. What's really going to be interesting is do they are they able to take advantage of that secondary the way, frankly, Dallas didn't last week? The answer to that should be yes. While Darius Slayton's been a little bit banged up, he practiced in limited capacity. He's expected to play. So even though him himself, I'm not big on for fantasy purposes this week because, because he's not 100%. I do think it's going to be more of a Sterling Shepard, more of a Golden Tate type of game. I think Darius Slayton is somebody just can't necessarily trust at the moment outside of taking a contrarian DFS tournament shot on him because you, you can do that. Look, he's cheaper. He has the big play capability. It's a good matchup. That That's what you kind of look for in those situations. But if you're talking about a redraft week 17, right now Sterling Shepard is the guy that I am 
most confident will get the amount of targets that I am looking for. If I'm looking to play a Giants wide receiver, Golden Tate to me is a close second. And it kind of goes back and forth between Golden Tate and Darius Slayton, which one of them are going to wind up with the majority of the targets that you're looking for in that matchup. To me, I'm playing Sterling Shepard. And only if I feel like I have to hit a home run do I play Darius Slayton. Golden Tate's that guy where really I have him ranked ahead of Slayton this week behind Shepard. But I would probably rather play Slayton depending on my situation than play Golden Tate in any scenario. But all these guys have upside because they're playing against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just if you're, it's hard to determine when you're in Week 17, you're in a championship week. You want, you want guys you can count on. Especially in this week, because this, this is a weak look. With all these players that might not play due to playoff circumstances or injuries or what have you, this is a week more so than any other week that chances aren't something you want to take. You want to take the highest floor, the safest option. That's the route that you want to go in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that would be Sterling Shepard for me in this one. Daniel Jones is absolutely a streaming option. He has the upside potential. You're going up against a great secondary. He's definitely somebody who I would even consider in DFS. He still has a low floor because he's Daniel Jones. He's a rookie quarterback. We've seen it time and time again this season, even in plus matches where he suddenly just disappears. But the way this Giants offense has been playing as of late, he is definitely somebody who I'm good with trying to take a home run threat on or playing in a DFS type of situation. On the Eagles side of the ball, it's actually... A little more clear cut in in some ways. Carson Wentz is a must star for me. He's a top five quarterback for me this week. That's that's DFS. That's redraft. I don't care what the scenario is. Carson Wentz is going to be in there because the Philadelphia Eagles in a must win situation in a great matchup for the passing game are going to lean on Carson Wentz to win them the ball game. It's not going to be Miles Sanders. It's not even going to be Jordan Howard who's coming back off an injury this week. It's going to be Carson Wentz. What can you do to help us win the game? That's who it's going to be on. So I expect it to be quite a bit of volume in this game as a result Carson Wentz to me is going to be a top five quarterback now the question outside of him is well you got Zach Ertz with the rib injury look he may be active he may even get the start but Dallas Goddard's the tight end that you're going to want to play this week because if this was not a game that had everything on the line that had the entire season on the line there's absolutely no way Zach Ertz would be playing this week so keeping that in mind, you're going with a guy who may possibly, questionably, shouldn't even be on the field. You can't trust him. I know it's a great matchup. I know they got everything on the line. Could Zach Ertz prove me wrong and go for a touchdown on the first drive of the game tomorrow? Absolutely. That's absolutely in the realm of possibility. I'm not saying he doesn't have a chance of that. But just given his injury, given his limited ability throughout practice this entire week, Given that we're pretty sure he wouldn't play if this wasn't a win-all, be-all type of game for the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard's the guy you got to go with, and I would try to stay away from Zach Ertz if you have the capability to do so. As far as everybody else goes with Miles Sanders and the whole Jordan Howard thing, I'm not playing Jordan Howard. It's his first game back from the shoulder injury. One wrong hit, and he could be injured again. There's no reason to play Jordan Howard for fantasy purposes. You can still play Miles Sanders. Now, will he 
be hindered a little bit. Will Jordan Howard maybe get some of those goal line carries, which have been a big boost to Miles Sanders over the past couple of weeks? The fact that he was getting all that work, yes, that's a possibility. But Miles Sanders is still going to be involved in the passing game. And the biggest thing to me about Jordan Howard coming back is that Boston Scott will be involved less. So while Howard might take a few carries away from Miles Sanders, that might mean he takes away a few receptions from Boston Scott, which frankly, in his situation in this matchup, may be more valuable than those few extra carries anyway. So I like Miles Sanders quite a bit in this game. He's an RB2 to me. You can fire him up, play him in any scenario on fantasy lineups. He's a must start for me. Keeping this show on the road, we got the Atlanta Falcons, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm really excited about this game because this is another situation where even though there's nothing on the line as far as playoff indications go, there's enough on the line with with coaching statuses up in the air, with contracts up in the air, with two teams that are clearly looking to try to finish the season on a high note, are going to be playing tough all four quarters football. So Matt Ryan... Go ahead and fire him up as a QB1. Devontae Freeman, even against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, due to the volume, due to the fact that he's finally been getting worked in in the passing game as of late. Remember last week when he had that really good game? If he's going to get involved in the passing game to that clip, I like his floor. He's somebody you can consider as a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 this week as well. Julio Jones, fire him up. He practiced in full on Friday, so we're not too worried about him as far as the injury aspect goes. We know the extra targets are there because there's no Calvin Ridley. Austin Hooper still getting back in sync after missing the amount of of season that he did. Austin Hooper, by the way, is still a must-play in my book as a top tight end as well, even with all that said. you got to play all these guys. Now, guys like Russell Gage, I probably stay away from them, especially given the Tampa Bay defense has been playing pretty well, actually, as of late. While no one's been paying attention, all of a sudden their secondary is not the poorest situation that it was, you know, not that long ago in the season. But that, you're still following up with your studs there with Julio, with Austin Hooper, with Matt Ryan, and Devontae Freeman. On the other side of the ball, again, it's a plus matchup. You're firing up Jameis Winston. We saw it last week. He threw four interceptions. He still had a good fantasy game. And that was with one passing touchdown. The volume's just going to be there. I expect him to have a better game than what he did last week. I expect him to have a high ceiling. And along with him, you can fire up Rashad Perryman. I like Justin Watson a lot in DFS. I like him as a flex wide receiver, as he was definitely a guy who was targeted not only quite a bit, but a guy who was targeted quite a bit in the red zone. So you go ahead and you fire them up. Ronald Jones... (sighs) We've seen it time and time again this season where Ron Jones has a big game and the following week all of a sudden they come back with Peyton Barber. On paper, logically speaking, Ronald Jones should be involved enough in the passing game that he should have a good floor tomorrow. Here's the issue. Logically speaking, has not mattered as much in the past so far this season. So that's the problem that you run into when you're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the running back situation. Now, of the two, Ronald Jones is the only one I'm even going to entertain possibly playing next week. Or, I'm sorry, tomorrow. Not next week, tomorrow. But even then, you have to know going into it, you are taking a hell of a risk. A hell of a risk. And a hell of a risk is something that maybe you don't need to do in Week 17. So just kind of keep that in mind as you're going through your teams. Now, notice I did not mention O.J. Howard. I want to mention O.J. Howard. And... Like I said last week in the recap show, if you actually watched that game, you would have saw that O.J. Howard 
should have had a much better stat line had James Winston hit him down the sideline when he was wide open. We could have been talking about a much different game on OJ Howard last week. But I was still disappointed with the target share considering the situation of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer pass catchers. He still didn't have as many targets as I thought he should have throughout that game, given that Brashad Perryman is really the only guy who has been established with the starters all throughout the year that they were actually going to. So having said that, O.J. Howard to me, he's still a sleeper guy. I'm okay with him as a DFS guy. But in a redraft league, I think there's other guys who've had better showings over the past month that will be viable for you to be able to play than O.J. Howard is, unfortunately. Even though it's a great matchup, even though it should be a nice situation for him, he's still, even in that scenario, not overly trustworthy. Not overly trustworthy. Next game, sticking with the NFC South. We got the Saints. We got the Carolina Panthers. And in this matchup, everyone's going to play. That's the big thing. Look, the Saints, like I said with the Packers, if the Seahawks beat the 49ers and get through all the tiebreaker stuff, they are in a situation where they could also wind up with a first-round bye and home field advantage for at least one playoff game. And they're actually in a situation right now where if the 49ers lose, they could wind up with home field advantage throughout the entire playoffs. So they have a lot to play for. Michael Thomas is going to be playing the entire game. Obviously, the number one wide receiver on the week, without a doubt. Drew Brees is somebody who can play as a a QB1. Alvin Kamara should be fired up as an RB1. Jared Cook should be fired up as a tight end one. And you can have the confidence that all of these guys are going to play all four quarters. So that's the great news there. On the flip side, on Carolina, Christian McCaffrey is has a few milestones on the table in tomorrow's matchup. So they're going to get the ball to the Christian McCaffrey come hell or high water, pretty much like they have all season long. So that's the good news. The number one running back in fantasy football will be a number one guy again in Week 17. So that's the good news for you if you have Christian McCaffrey and you're playing Week 17 in your championships. The bad news as far as the pass catchers go, DJ Moore was only able to practice in a limited capacity, in a very limited capacity at that on Friday, and that was the only day he was even able to get on the practice field. So while that is, yes, a step in the right direction as far as concussion protocol goes, that typically speaking, when players are only able to do the minimal amount of like like he did this past week, they typically don't wind up getting cleared to play. So I don't know if DJ Moore is going to play next week. In fact, if anything, I would lean towards him not playing tomorrow. Now, on the flip side, that could mean Curtis Samuel with getting extra volume. All the argument to that would be it's Will Greer giving him the extra volume. That's the issue. Curtis Samuel being a number one wide receiver, meaning he's going to see Marshawn Lattimore. That's another issue. So while maybe in DFS tournament leagues, Curtis Samuel, if he gets, if he's in a situation where he's going to get all the volume, I would think about it. I would maybe roll those dice, especially if I have multiple entries. But... In, in Week 17 redraft leagues, even if there's no DJ Moore, I'm staying away from the passing game. I'm staying away from anybody not named Christian McCaffrey because that's how bad Will Greer is, without a doubt. Next up, we got the Colts. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the big news for this game came out this afternoon, which I, honestly, when this news came out, I was a little bit happy. Like, all right, 
I'm going to look good for waiting until Saturday night to do this show because this is something that we would definitely want to talk about. And that's Leonard Fournette got downgraded to being out. We were all expecting him to be good to go, all expecting him to get volume in this game, all expecting him to be an RB1 in a week in which a lot of people weren't going to play, especially with guys getting the volume that he's been getting in this situation. He's out. Rykel Armstead then steps in for him. Now, what the splits are going to be, what they're going to decide to do at the running back position, we're unsure. Now, remember, he is getting ruled out late in the week. Typically, that means that they will have to stick with the backup running back, the immediate backup running back. They don't really have a chance to put a game plan in for a running back by committee to replace Leonard Fournette. Rykel Armstead, we don't expect him to get the work share that Leonard Fournette did, but he is going to run a little bit. He is an effective pass catcher. He will be used mostly in that capacity. So I think this is a guy who has a high floor. I put him in one of my DFS tournament leagues uh, this week. He's cheap, 4400 there on DraftKings. As far as redraft leagues go, there's other running backs out there that I much rather take the chance on in this matchup, like a Gus Edwards that just you know jumps to my mind. Guys like of that nature, DeAndre Washington who probably isn't available anymore at this point, but guys of that nature who I would definitely much rather play than Rykel Armstead against the Colts on a Jacksonville Jaguar team that has quit, and it's already announced that as soon as the game's over, Doug Marone's getting fired. So there's a lot of things working against him in that scenario, but if you're talking about DFS and the contrarian play, you're talking about a guy who's going to get volume, who's cheap, who does have some breakaway ability, especially in the passing game. That's where he's interesting there. I also like DJ Chark in this game. Look, Say all you want. Gardner Minshew's going to throw the ball come hell or high water. He's going to throw the ball a ton in DJ Chark's direction. That's what we know. And DJ Chark, he dropped two touchdowns last week. So you're talking about a guy who could have had a much better stat line, even though it was disappointing a week ago. And he's going to be the number one wide receiver again. He had a great game against the Colts the first time these two teams played each other. And that was in Indianapolis. So this is in Jacksonville. I like Chark as a wide receiver too. So you can go ahead and fire him up and play him. Outside of that, I'm not touching I'm not touching Conley. I'm not touching Westbrook. I know Conley's been on a touchdown tear as of late. The volume on a consistent basis is not there. It's too you're you're throwing too much into the wind if you're gonna try to go to Chris Conley or DD Westbrook route, who DD Westbrook right now hasn't even been targeted that much. And to the point where you definitely cannot play him in any fantasy lineup situation either. So that's that's kind of the you know unfortunate news there when you're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Moving along, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. This game is interesting to me because I, I do a couple pulls and stuff like that. I had to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore is not playing anybody, anybody that they can help pl- not playing. Now, that is not, not all 22 starters are, are being benched because football teams really just aren't deep enough to be able to do that degree. But no Lamar, no Mark Andrews, no... You know, no Mark Ingram. Uh, several of their defensive guys are not going to play in this game. The only main starter that they have who is questionable is Marquise Brown. And being that you're talking about RG3 or 
there's been some talk about possibly Trace McSorley maybe in the second half because they don't even want to get RG3 hurt in case something happens to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Then there's no way that you're going to play Marquise Brown whether he plays or not. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come to play in this game. There's still that slight outside chance they can make the playoffs. It's very unlikely, but they still have a slight outside chance that, that could be a possibility too, especially we're talking about standard leagues because he's going to get a good amount of volume and they're still going to run their offense. There's still Greg Roman we're talking about here. So he's still going to get some good looks in that sense. He's going to get that volume there. But outside of that, I don't know how many Ravens I'm trusting in this one because I think the Steelers defense very well come out could come out and dominate in this game. Now, as far as Steelers offensively, there should be some openings being that not all of the starters are going to be able to play for them. But at the same time, with the way Devlin Hodges has played as of late, I don't know how you trust a James Washington, a Deontay Johnson, a Juju Smith-Schuster who's actually expected to play and come back this week. And that's the big thing, right? All three of them active. We have no idea how that target share is going to work, especially with a bad quarterback throwing them the football. There won't be any James Conner, but there's going to be a committee with Snell and White and Jalen Samuels. I mean... This is a game in which somebody on the offensive side of the Steelers is going to do well. It is impossible, impossible to know who, impossible to key on any one particular guy because not any one particular guy in this offense has a clear-cut role to volume. That includes Schuster, especially in his first week back in a while, especially since even when he was out there with these backup quarterbacks, he wasn't always getting targeted consistently. So there's nobody, nobody on the Pittsburgh offensive side of the ball that I would have in any of my fantasy lineups whatsoever. The only thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers that I'm looking at from a fantasy perspective is their defense. Their defense, to me, is the number two defense behind the New England Patriots this week. So I do like their defense quite a bit, but that's it. Next game up, we have a game that actually will have some implications on the line here. Talking about the Tennessee Titans, talking about the Houston Texans. Now... Earlier in the week, this was looking at like a game that we thought the Titans and the Texans would go all out in. As we've gone through the week, it's looking more and more like the Texans are pretty much set at that four seed almost no matter what happens. They they could move up, possibly, and maybe you'd want to not have to not to not have to play the Ravens if you were to win that wild card week. But outside of that, they're playing the wild card round no matter whether they win or lose. So, will they start their starters? It looks like they're going to. It looks like Watson and Hopkins and Hyde and and Stills. It looks like they're all going to start. The question is, do they play the second half? And being that the Tennessee Titans have a lot on the line in this game, being that they are going to have to go all out for all four quarters, I could easily see this being a game that the Houston Texans decide to just kind of like pack it in. And as a result... They wind up just getting, taking their guys out in the second half because the Tennessee Titans are up by multiple scores. That could very easily be the case. So I don't know if I'm trusting Deshaun Watson. I don't know if I'm trusting DeAndre Hopkins. Even though these guys are actually looking like they might start, I doubt they play all four quarters. I doubt it. And I don't know if it's enough. I have enough of a confidence level that they're not going to play all four quarters to say to you that I wouldn't play these guys. Hopkins, Watson, Hyde, yeah, I don't think they take out Hyde. I don't think they take out Duke Johnson. So if you're looking at options there, maybe I could see that. But I'm not playing the main guys. On the Titans side of the ball, totally different scenario. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, top five QB this week. Uh, Derrick Henry's an RB1 in my book. A.J. Brown could 
is a wide receiver two with wide receiver one potential. Given this week, given this matchup, given his play as of late, given what they have on the line too. So they're all must-starts. Janu Smith is a top streaming tight end to me in this week. He has been getting worked in more and more. He's had more, much more of a target share. Has been pretty much the second best pass catcher to A.J. Brown over the past month. And there's another plus matchup here. So I like Janu Smith as a streaming tight end option uh, quite a bit. Especially like you no know, Mark Andrews. I found myself in that situation a couple of times. So I do like him in that scenario. So you could play all of your Tennessee Titans this week without, without question. Without question. Moving along, staying out west, we got the Oakland Raiders. We got the Denver Broncos. And these are two teams where the Raiders actually have a lot to play for, but the Broncos are also another team that's trying to go out on a positive note. They're also going to play their starters for all four quarters as well, on top of the fact that they could also ruin Oakland's chances of making the playoffs by beating them. Now, Oakland here, it's there's still a lot has to go their way on top of being Denver for them to actually make the postseason. But the point is, from a fantasy perspective, all the starters are going to play all four quarters. Now, Josh Jacobs is out, and we expected it from the get-go that Jacobs was not going to play this week anyway. So DeAndre Washington, you're firing him up as an RB2, a lone RB2 because of the tougher match against the Denver Broncos, but you're still firing him up as an RB2 because of the volume that he has seen. I think Hunter Renfro is a top-end wide receiver four. Still has a low floor in my book just because Denver Broncos, their, their defense there, just Derek Carr, who's no, not overly aggressive, can have games where he just throws for 175 yards and just play really conservative offensively. So they have those range of outcomes, which is why he's not more of a wide receiver three in my book. But with since he's been active since the second half of the season, it's been him when he's in the game over Darren Waller. And as long as that continues to be the case, he does have a decent floor heading into this matchup with Mike and wide receiver four. And it's also why I'm a little bit worried about Darren Waller. It's kind of, you kind of find yourself in a situation where it's going to be hard to find a better player at the tight end position. But we, we keep seeing it time and time again, especially over the past six weeks when Hunter Redfro's out there, Darren Waller kind of falls to the wayside. He's kind of becomes the forgotten man. So I would just want to keep that in mind if you're looking at Waller or, say, a Janu Smith. I would rather play a Janu Smith this week, who has a much higher upside in tight end position. Just like an FYI. And on the Broncos side of the ball, you fire up Phil Lindsay, you fire up Cortland Sutton, and I think you can have Noah Fant as a high-risk, high-reward streaming option at the tight end position as well. I'm not touching Royce Freeman. The, the work with him and Philip Lindsay has been, has been too inconsistent how much of the work he gets all the time, where Philip Lindsay has kind of taken over, especially over the last month. So I really wouldn't trust anybody else outside of that, but I would play the main guys that you staked on in the Denver system to this point anyway. The Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams. What do we have going on here? Well, Kyler Murray, first of all, is looking like he is going to be a game-time decision. I still have a hard time imagining. I've been saying this all week. I have a hard time imagining he's really going to play. Just the simple fact of he's your future. There's no reason to banged up. Even if it isn't a major hamstring injury, I get you trying to want to end the season on a positive note. But at the same time, what's the point in risking it? And especially if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're going to be your whole offense is going to be flowing through Kenyon Drake who's an RB1 in my book this week, by the way, given the Rams and their 
inefficiencies in stopping the run, given the way Canyon Drake has played over the past few weeks, given the amount of volume that we know he's going to get, Canyon Drake is an RB1 for me this week. But outside of that, the Cardinals, you're not going to run your offense any other way. So I would just, I would be a little bit surprised if Kyler Murray got the start. Brett Hundley did have most of the first team practice reps this week. That's usually also an indication they're going to go with the other quarterback. So I would lean towards Brett Hundley being the starter as of right now. But it is still up in the air. He is technically still questionable. So just kind of keep that in mind. On the Rams side of the ball, yes, Jalen Ramsey's not going to play. That matters to me not at all when it comes to Christian Kirk. A lot of people want to look. Will he have upside because there's no Jalen Ramsey out there because Arizona offense may be based on play action? Does he catch a bomb? Yep, maybe. The upside will be there. But we saw it last week. Larry Fitzgerald suddenly got all this volume, especially in the red zone. But the fact is that because the Carters are running their offense through Kenyon Drake, because they haven't really been able to spread it around, they haven't been throwing it for these big gaudy numbers that people expect them to do this season. Their receivers really don't have a high floor heading into this matchup. And even though Jalen Ramsey might be out, I expect the Rams starters, especially on the defensive side of the ball, for the most part, to all be playing throughout this game. So I'm not looking at this as the plus matchup for Christian Kirk. I'm staying away from it. I'm only playing Kenny Drake. I wouldn't really play anybody else on the Arizona Cardinals from a fantasy perspective. On the Rams side of the ball, there's been a lot of talk about a lot of different things. There were, at one point, we had McVay saying that he was... You know, he was maybe going to rest some guys. We have other reports saying that they're trying to end the season on a positive note and they're going to play everybody all four quarters. I lean towards that because to me, there's no reason against the Arizona Cardinals with the season that you've had. You have to finish at least nine and seven to be like, look, at least you were over 500 for the year. You can't finish as a 500 team, especially when you went all out to be a playoff team this season. And that's and that's proven by the moves that they tried to make. You can't do that. So. I had to believe they're going to play. The only guy I think that would possibly not play all four quarters would be Todd Gurley. But even some of that concern for me got taken away when Daryl Henderson was ruled out earlier today. So that that was my my big concern was that they maybe they would bench Todd Gurley in the second half and play the rookie just to see what they have. But now the rookie's gone. Well, you know what Malcolm Brown is. You don't have to play Malcolm Brown more to know what he is. And maybe Todd Gurley doesn't get 20 plus carries because they don't have to. And he's still your future. You're still owed him a lot of money. You're still hitched to his wagon. So I could see maybe not wanting to play him either not all four quarters or not playing overly using him. So I could see Malcolm Brown having a decent role. But I do think there's a decent chance that Todd Gurley gets you 16 plus touches in this game now that Daryl Henderson is going to be out. So I would still play Todd Gurley as an RB2 in a plus match against the Arizona Cardinals in a situation that he could easily find himself getting back into the red zone like he has all season long, like the whole reason why he's been an RB2 from the get-go anyways, because he, even though his usage has been down, he has still scored touchdowns this season. So that is what we're looking at as far as that goes. Everyone else, you play, Robert Woods, I'm playing him. Jared Goff, I have him as a top 10 quarterback this week. I do. I think he's going to have a big game against the Arizona Cardinals. He's at home. He's been able to light up. Poor defensive teams so far this season when he's been home, even throughout his inconsistent play this year. I expect him to have a good game. The only one I'm not going to play, obviously, I'm still going to stick with not playing Brandon Cooks. Uh, definitely fire up Tyler Higby against the Arizona Cardinals. Terrible against the tight end. It's clear that even with Gerald Everett back, he was still the main guy. They're still sticking with him as the main starter. He's still on the field all the time. So you play Tyler Higby as well. 
pretty straightforward as far as that goes on the Rams side of the football. Last but not least, the Sunday night game, the only primetime game of the week, the game everyone's going to be looking forward to, is the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers in this one. Now, first of all, we got to talk about the fact that Chris Carson's out. And yes, they signed Marshawn Lynch. Yes, they saw they signed Robert Turbin. Travis Homer is going to be the starter. Travis Homer is going to get the overwhelming majority of the work. We, you don't know what shape Marshawn Lynch is. And anybody out there who thinks Marshawn Lynch is going to come in and have this huge impact, I think is dreaming. Okay. Yes, Marshawn Lynch is really good. But do you remember what he was before he left football the last time? His age had been showing. The fact that he wasn't in the best of shape had been showing. And this isn't a guy who had been petitioning to try to come back all season long and have been working out like he was actually going to play at some point this season. Now, I'm not saying... I'm sure he's in good enough shape. I'm sure he's in better shape than I am. I'm not saying that. But we're talking about NFL shape. We're talking about a guy coming into this week. There's no way he's going to have a big role. The, the biggest thing I could see is him having... A role in the goal line situation. That's it. Outside of that, I don't see how he gets more than four or five carries in this game max. So, while Travis Homer does not have a great matchup because it is the San Francisco 49ers, and I don't think he has a particularly high ceiling, he definitely has a high floor, especially we're talking about half-point, full-point PPR leagues because he's going to be involved in the passing game. The targets are going to be there. They've been targeting the backfield all season long. That's not suddenly going to change, and that's probably one of the better things Travis Homer is going to be able to do against San Francisco 49ers this week. So he's going to have a high floor. And he's somebody who I do think should be in the low-end RB2 category as a result and should be in your lineups. He's just not going to have a big-time ceiling. So keep that in mind. Russell Wilson. I think there's better streaming options than Russell Wilson. He's had a really bad last month, last five weeks of football, especially from a fantasy standpoint. And while the 49ers are still not going to be 100% on defense, they're going to be much closer than they were the past couple of weeks where they have shown some chinks in the chain as far as being the defensive stoppers that they were early in the season. But this is still not a plus matchup. And Wilson hasn't even been playing that well against plus matchups over the past couple of weeks anyway. Neither is Tyler Lockett, neither has DK Metcalf. Now, this is a, a 49ers-Seahawks game. This is a divisional game. This is a game where one of two things are going to happen. It's either going to be a, a slugfest, defensive playing game, low scoring, or it's going to be a shootout because that's how these games typically work. It's never, it's never in between. So would I be surprised if Russell Wilson and Tyler, and Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, wound up putting a, ball, a bunch of points? No, it wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me. It would maybe surprise me a little bit, but it wouldn't shock me. I'll say it that way. But I think it's going to be hard to find better options or teams that are more motivated to play all four quarters to play this game like a playoff game because there's a lot on the line here, even though they're both definitely going to be in the playoffs. So Ty Lockett, to me, is a wide receiver three. DK Metcalf is a low-end wide receiver three with some upside. That's the way you kind of have to look at them in this game. Jacob Hollister is not a tight end that I'm streaming. Not at all. I'm leaving him on the bench. That is the one guy who I'm not who I'm not going to entertain in my lineups. And like I said, Russell Wilson, I think there's better better options out there. I, you know, it has to actually be a better option. Like 
I I would play Jared Goff over him this week. I would play, you know, Ryan Tannehill over him this week. Uh, some of those type of names. But it has to be a clear-cut better option. A guy who's going to play all four quarters in a plus matchup. Not not some iffy situations. Not like a Gardner Minshew type. Not a Phil Rivers type. Um, you know, not those type of guys. Not I wouldn't play Daniel Jones over him. So just like kind of a for instance there too. Just kind of give you some some ideas. As far as the 49ers side of the ball goes, I think you have to play Emmanuel Sanders. People have been able to take care of or take advantage of the outside perimeter defense of the Seattle Seahawks. You have to play Emmanuel Sanders in my book. And you have to play George Kittle. I think Raheem Mostert is at the point being that he has proven to be the lead back over the past month now of football. That he enters the flex conversation, but he's still a guy, even as the starter, who might only see 12 touches in this game. So you have to keep that in mind. That's why he's only a flex guy. I don't think you can play anybody else. You can't play Garoppolo in this matchup with any confidence. He has too low of a floor. You can't play Matt Breida, who didn't get worked in at all last week, even if he does get worked in more this week. And obviously you can't play Tevin Coleman. And I don't believe you can play Debo Samuel in this matchup either. I think it's going to come down to George Kittle and Manuel Sanders in this game. Those are the two guys that you can play outside of that. I'm not trusting anybody else in San Francisco 49ers this week. The volume is just not there. The consistency is just not there. But that wraps up the show. That wraps up our last preview of the year. And what a blast it has been. And I, I've loved every second of it. And I couldn't be more grateful for the opportunity that you guys, by watching and listening to me, have been able to provide me with. And I, I love what I do. And I love helping you guys win, most of all. Real quick, before we, we take it down and we get out of here for the year, for the offseason, uh, just to go over the offseason schedule with you guys one more time and what you guys all have to look forward to. We're going to be doing more videos on Sportscaster. So we're off as far as the full podcast episodes go. We will be off until March. About mid-March, after that first week of free agency, we'll start doing one full podcast episode per week. And then it'll ramp up to two starting in June. And then it'll be back up to four starting in September. So that's how that schedule is going to go, just like it was last season. The difference is that all of the off-season podcast episodes, and, you know, and from from March up until August, will all be at the home studios. Will all be broadcasted here live on Sportscaster, without a doubt. And of course, we'll have the audio versions as well. So at Sportscaster.com, at MDFF. Belly Up USN, for those of you in the audio version who haven't checked me out on Sportscaster yet, make sure you're going to that and checking me out there. That's going to be every single episode in the offseason is going to be available through Sportscaster. It will be broadcasted live. Now, what we will be doing from, from now until March is every so often I will be coming out with a short Sportscaster video, maybe somewhere between you know, 10-15 minutes. And we'll be doing player profiles from a fantasy perspective on rookies coming into the draft. So whether it be dynasty, whether it be redraft, we'll be talking about guys that we think have long-term value. We'll be talking about guys that we think have value in their rookie seasons from a fantasy perspective. So we'll talk about the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, guys of that nature. We will break that down and we'll have little player profile. And those will be quick videos. We'll do the full draft podcast episodes like we did last year when we talked about those guys before the drafts as full episodes, of course. But we'll be doing little quick bit videos 
from now until March. So that's what we'll be doing to kind of keep you guys occupied until we are fully back with full episodes then. And we're going to have a lot more video streams. We're, we're planning on trying to hopefully open this up to get more video streams on YouTube and maybe Facebook Live. And like I said, that stuff has not been confirmed as of yet, but that are that is plans that we have for the future, especially with YouTube, try to get more involved with them and be on that platform as well. And of course, next year, you know, our two preview shows will all be sports, will all be live on Sportscaster, and then we'll have the two just all only audio for the recap shows. They won't be live, but all, obviously everything's available audio. Just just to be clear here. If you're you know your favorite podcast app, go to it. Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. It helps out the show immensely. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, Pinecast, wherever you go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys. And that's all going to be available throughout the season as well. But just some things are coming down the pipe. Don't forget, sometime next month, we will be launching the MD's Fantasy Football Shop that will be available to you on our website, www.mdffshow.com. We will send out a big thing on social media in the days before it launches and, of course, the day it launches and the days after. So that way you guys don't miss out. It's not just going to be MD's Football Show merchandise, which we will have a lot of that, but it's also going to be a lot of T-shirts and and any kind of clothing and merchandise that has just funny fantasy football phrases, things that you want to wear to your drafts, uh, just in that nature. So going to have a lot of great stuff for you guys coming down the pipe. Can't wait for it. I can't wait for 2020. I, I wish it would be here next week already, but we have to wait a little while longer. Thank you again, MD Nation, for a great season. Good luck in your matchups tomorrow. Good luck in your DFS tournaments. And I will see you guys sooner than you think. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.